Welcome to the Gutch Church Podcast. My name is Kennedy Shear, and thanks so much for joining us. Today, we have a great word from my dad, Pastor Bill Shear. If this ministry has changed your life, will you let us know? Send us an email to story at gutschurch.com. I want to repeat something. You guys that were here Wednesday night, um, I, there was a little exercise, a practical exercise. I'm going to I'm just going to throw out there, this isn't the message, okay, so don't start your inner clock yet, um, where you get ants in your pants after, you know, a certain length of time, but, uh, but here's what I want you to do, is I want you to make a list, and, and you have to write it down, you have to, all right, I know you, all right, it's a little coaching here, okay, you have to write it down, make a list, and just three or four things, whatever it is, that you're believing God for that you're believing that, that you need God's hand on that area. Maybe financial, maybe marital, maybe with your kids, maybe with, you know, I, I, let, me, let, me, let me poke the bear a little bit. If you've got a child that's been diagnosed with a learning disability, I, I believe what I would do is I would take the, would Adam and Eve cover themselves and God questioned them about what they were wearing and they said, well, because we're naked and And God said, who told you you were naked? See, that's the deception of the enemy. What if that diagnosis, God turns it around for you, and you don't have to receive it? The name of Jesus is above that. So, man, learning disabilities, the the whole disability aspect of this, there is something about all of us, and God covers us, and God takes care of us. Number two is find God's promise. Number one is write, write some things down you're believing God for. Just for the next month. And, and then find God's promise pertaining those things. Okay, if it's health, man, there's, there's tons of promises of God. God's the healer. Is God here? Healing's here. Understand that. He's already given it to us. By whose stripes you were healed, therefore we are. He went about doing good and healing. I'm telling you, it's a blanket blessing upon his children. So find God's promise and, and attach it to what you're believing God for, okay? And then number three, fashion a proclamation of those promises pertaining those areas. Uh, so, so just write down a little proclamation and, and believe it and confess it. And then let's do it every day till the first week of December. And let's just see... And what we're going to do the first week of December is we're going to celebrate. And um, last year was the, we're celebrating the 30th anniversary of the church. This year we're celebrating the breakthroughs that you have. And, and, and I'm not asking for one. I'm asking for multiple. And I'll be honest with you. I'll tell you what, what kind of triggered this for me is I was listening to Pastor Sandy in Brooklyn talking on the phone I think I was in my truck, and she was on, on the speaker, maybe FaceTiming or something, and Brooklyn said, what's so amazing, and this is a few months ago, she said, Press and I were living in Indiana, and there were things that we made a list of things we were believing God for, and then we started attaching the word to those things, and she told Sandy, she said, and mom, those, all of those, we have all those things now. There's, there's not a list anymore. And I'm telling you, something happened in me. The Bible says this, all of our needs met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Apply those things in your life like they're needs. And God meets those needs. The God, God withholds no good thing 
to those who walk uprightly. And listen, I know it's not going to be greedy what you're believing God for. I know that it's, it's, it's just basic promotion in life is what God wants to do. He wants to elevate everything in your life. That's what his blessings are, our elevations in our life. The key to overcoming and flourishing isn't just changing our lives, changing our habits, ch changing our routines. Listen, this is an exchange that we're in, not a change. God's not about just changing lives. We're not, we're not, we're not changing. Listen, we're not changing the world. We're exchanging the world for the, with the kingdom. See, so it's an, it's an exchange. It's a life-for-life life exchange. That's what's happening in here. See, that's why, hopefully, this word that's preached here, you have to deal with it in your life. It's like, wait a second. Man, there's a, there's a, there's a combat that happens where it's like, man, I've been thinking wrong. And see, that's, that's step one. The next step, we, we have next steps today, and, and we're going to make that announcement after the service. But, but the, the next step is that you, you start thinking, man, I'm thinking wrong. I have to start thinking differently. See, the Bible says the way a man thinks, so he is. And the key to overcoming and flourishing is that life-for-life life exchange. And God wants to live in you, but listen, to work through you. Jesus said, the works that I do, you'll do, but greater, because I go to my Father. Why? Because God wants to work through us now. It makes sense that all your need is met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, because God wants to live through you. See, now it's not just for you to be satisfied or, com or comfortable and li live, live this uh, idyllic, um, entitled life. It's that God wants to work through you. So you know what God's going to do? God's going God's to invest in you, and God's going to supply you, and God's going to... I'm telling you, everything that you have need of, and if you, th if you think about it, man, it, it's the standards is what God gives us. God, the, the Bible doesn't promise us money. The Bible promises us gold. Do you understand in Solomon's day, they, they, they threw silver out on the street like gravel because there was so much gold. Do you understand that gold's still here? It didn't evaporate. It didn't burn up. If it did burn, it just purified. See, so it makes sense that God meets our need. Why? Because he's working through us. See, we can't serve God in our own power, and that's the trouble. Really, the, the trouble with the American church is because most of our lives, we don't need God. We've got grocery stores, and we have vehicles, and we, uh, we uh, I'm telling you, we, I mean, now we have smartphones and the internet and social media, and and we're seeing, listen, we're seeing the decay of the morality of our country because of all that. See, so you look at it, I'm telling you, at some point, and, and I believe it's, it's probably a generation under my generation that's going to turn the tide on that. We're going to figure it out. It's like, wait a second, the devil's leading us around by the nose. In Galatians 2.20, Paul writes, it says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. If, if that's all I said today, if I just repeated that four or five times where it's no longer I live, but Christ who lives in me, it's like, wait a second, that's a game changer for me. And see, now, but that's how I have to think now. 
It's like, how's this going to happen? How am I going to do this? How am I going to get through this day, this week, this month? How am I going to get through this stage? How am I going to get through this phase of America? How am I going to get through this whatever? And let me just tell you, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God. Even though I've got a, I, I, I still need I still need air to breathe. I still need food to eat. I need water to drink. But I live it by the Spirit, by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The gift that we got in Jesus is eternal. There's nothing temporary about it. The gift that we got in Jesus. He gave us his life. He lives in us now. So the gift, why? So God can work through us. See, God brought Jesus to the earth to to bring his Holy Spirit. See, to be in men and women. You know, that the, the whole idea, if it was just for self, if it was just to go to heaven, Jesus, Jesus would have been done when he defeated death in the grave and walked out of that tomb, but he wasn't finished. He, he lived among them. He, he, he downloaded and downloaded for weeks and then went to the Mount of Ascension and said, I must go so the Holy Spirit can come, come into you. And they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They immersed in the Holy Spirit for the first time since Adam and Eve were deceived and fell prey to the, to the deceiver. And, and so now everything came back to the original plan. And, and people were filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus came. So that, again, we could have all the God that we could get. We didn't have to talk about God. We know him intimately. We don't just know about him. We don't know of him. We know him. In Isaiah 55, 8, God says, look, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. My ways aren't your ways, says the Lord. And then, and, you know, a proverb says, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. Don't ever lean on your own understanding, no matter what it is. I'm just telling you, God's got higher thoughts and better ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts, your thoughts. See, this is all about thinking right. How are you thinking about your life? How are you thinking about your future? How are you thinking about your marriage? How are you thinking about your, let me tell you, what, you, what you've got to do is you've got you've to exchange how you think. See, I'll t- tell you, the, pre- the real pressure of ministry is to get this singular point across to people. Because the bottom line is, those who are in authority over you in the church have to stand before God and make account for your soul, not for your actions, not for your words, not for your income, but how you think. Man, you have to have it as more than just an option to trust God. In all your ways, trust him. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and don't return there. See, that's how God does with his blessings. Now listen, but water the earth 
and make it bring forth and bud that it may, it may give seed to the sower and bread for food. So shall my word be that com, comes, goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. Man, when, when, when you're, you're singing about Jesus, guess what? His power is being invested in your life. And you're like, well, I don't feel it. Yeah, we don't live by how we feel. But I can't see it. Yeah, things are never as they, write this down. Things are never as they appear, ever. Man, if you're, if you're looking at your life and you're thinking, man, everything, I remember I had, a, I had, a, I had a, a man that was a friend of mine that came to me and said, man, there's strife in every area of my life. And he just looked at me, just poured out his heart, almost a, a mature believer, knew the word. But he'd opened the door in one area. And then there was strife in every area. See, the devil's not going to compartmentalize in little rooms of your house. He's, he wants the whole thing. And if we let him in, he'll try to take over. It's almost like cockroaches. You see one, there's a thousand behind them. But see, we've got to understand that. We've got to look at our lives and say, wait, where, where am I letting God in? It's in your thoughts. It's in what you're looking at. It's in what you're listening to. It's in what you're seeing. See, you've got to make covenant with every angle of life so that, so that your covenant's with God and not with the world or its system. So shall my, be my word, my word be that comes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. See, the idea of prospering, it's not, it, it can be used as a financial term or a resource term but it's actually a control term. When you're prosperous, you're in control. So God's called you to prosper and be in health. How? As your soul prospers. You're in control of your mind, guess what? You're in control of your life. You're in control of your mind, you're, you're in control of your tongue, you're in control of your actions, you're in control of what you look at. See, we've gotta believe in the power of God's word. See, the name of Jesus brings power. And, and we can't speak anything contrary to God's word. So, and let me tell you, the world is, it, it, it's so interesting to me. It's, <clears throat> you'll, listen to the, you'll listen to the Grammys and somebody sings an emotional song and somebody will get up and say, oh my gosh, they just took us to church. Well, no, hold it. The world doesn't get that term. The world isn't permitted in my purview to use that term. Because let me tell you, every bit of the, 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 how, the, how the, the world terms church is going to end up negative. It's going to at least dilute God's power. But see, what we can't do, God's given us the measure of faith. How many of you guys are believers in Jesus? Let me see your hands. Believers in you guys at SkyTook, you guys watching online, believers in Jesus. Well, let me tell you, God's given you the measure of faith. You don't add anything but God's promise to that faith. Nothing. You've, you've had bad experiences, don't look back. I'm just telling you, God operates through trust, with power through our trust. We're saved by power, by grace, through faith. 
1 Corinthians 2.4, Paul writes and says, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration, in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. See, and the power is to change how we think. Man, why do, why do, man, man. I'm just telling you, we want to help people win. We want to turn you from wherever you are to a winner. And it's all in how you think. Because how you think is going to determine how you speak. And let me tell you, you your, your, your faith shouldn't be in the wisdom of men, but the power of God. What are the experts saying? What's the word say? I want to be an expert of God's word. We're here to build families, marriages, homes. We're here to build men and women. We're here to build the church. Because let me tell you, when we're in that when we're in that lane, when you, you people, let me tell you, you people committing to raising your family in, in church, a Bible-believing, faith-filled, spirit-empowered church, let me just tell you, the gates of Hades can't prevail against them. That's a big deal. You think about it. We're under attack. What does that mean? We're locked out of God's promise. Well, how do, how, how, do we, how do we get unlocked out of God's promise, the gates of hell? That God's given, God's given us the keys to the kingdom. So the gates of Hades don't prevail against us. Why? We got the keys. What are the keys? Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Do you understand the authority that you walk in? But let me just tell you, you may not know that you have that authority. So, so we've got churches all over the country running from the storm. Why would we run? Because, we're, because there's fear. Man, I'm telling you, don't let fear be named among us. You get a diagnosis, you take a stand. You get bad news, you find the good news, and you lock into it. Because all that diagnosis is, all that bad news is, that diagnosis, let me tell you, the devil doesn't want to stop there. He wants to turn it into a prognosis. Well, you've got, you've got cancer, okay? And you know what? You're, you're thinking, okay, I'm going to resist the fear. I'm going to resist the fear. How, long, how bad is it? What stage is it in? How, how much time do I have, Doc? No. Can I help you? I've given my life to Jesus. <laughs> he determines it. And you know what? The words that I speak factor into his determination. I'm telling you, it's like, it's like the, the blind Bartimaeus come up to Jesus. He's crying out, disrupting everything. Security's trying to say, hey, would you hush? The, the master's teaching. And he cried out all the louder, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus like, let him come to me. He, he, he goes through the crowd, comes up to Jesus. Everybody's disgusted with him. And what does Jesus ask him? What can I do for you? What do you need? That same Jesus, who's no respecter of persons, is standing before you today when you come to him, and he's saying, what can I do for you? See, our faith is based upon God's power. God's promise equates to his power. Write that down. Take notes of that. 
And, and let, me, let me tell you how God works. God said, light be, or let there be light. And what happened? Everything lit up. God said, and it became. He said his word. What's his word? It's what he says. He said his word. What does his word do? It heals, delivers. Man, how many guys? Let me tell you, the world is going to tell you that, that that addiction is a disease. And you know what? I, I count it as disease as well. But I don't have to treat my addiction medically, scientifically. I treat it with God's word. In him I live and move and have my being. And you know what? He leads me to green pastures and fresh water and protection. Let me tell you, there's a hedge of protection about your life right now. There's a hedge of protection. The Bible says, no evil shall befall you, nor any plague come near where you live. Well, what about the next pandemic? I counted it. Let's just call it a plague. Why? Because we have authority over that. Well, but the world is so evil. There's so much evil in the world. Do you understand? That evil has no power unless we give it. We have the keys. Write that down. I have the keys. I'm, dri- I'm, I'm driving this. I'm steering this. That's why the Bible, the Bible talks about the tongue being the rudder, the smallest member, yet the most powerful. Because the words that you speak, the meditations of your heart, listen to this. The, 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 I've said everything that, I, that, that, that I've said up to this point to get to these scriptures right here. Second Peter, the first chapter. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of the Lord Jesus. To those, who have, to those who have obtained like precious faith. Okay, that's us. By the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, now listen to verse 2. Verse 2 needs to explode in front of you. He said this, and this is what we all should, this is, this is, the be-all, end-all. He said grace and peace didn't say be given or added to you. He said be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Oh, how are we going to make it? God's word is effect. God's word's true. God's word's living and powerful and sharper than anything the world could throw at us. So now the question is this. The question is, how are we going to get this through this time? That God gives us all things we need for life and godliness. That we're able to live godly in a perverse world. We can live godly with the internet, with social media, with pornography, and with everything that's out there, all the fear and the pestilence and the wars and the rumors of war and the famines. We can live, listen, the abundant life that God's called us to live that pertain to life of God it's through the knowledge of him. See, it comes back to us knowing him. And it's got to be an intimate knowing who's called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of, his, of the divine nature, having escaped the com- corruption that's in the world through lust. 
grace and peace, power and prosperity, favor and prosperity, grace and peace, power, favor, prosperity be multiplied to you. Be multiplied to you. Why do you think you learned your times tables when you were a kid? So that, so that you can see the math of God. He doesn't just want to add to us. He wants to multiply it to us. But it's in his, the knowledge of him and his word. Do you know his word? You've got no excuse now. You've got none. See, you've got to discipline your thoughts and your words to what pertains to life and godliness. Guess what? If, when, when you discipline your thoughts and your words, guess what? Unforgiveness isn't an issue for you. Bitterness is not an issue for you. And, you know, it, it's interesting because there's days I wake up and it's like, you know what? I don't have any unforgiveness for anybody. And then there's days I wake up and I'll be, and a thought will, something will remind me of somebody. It's like, I don't like that guy. God, I forgive him. God, I thank you for, for your forgiveness that operates through me. God, I thank you that you bless him today. God, I thank you that he doesn't cross my face, but you bless him wherever he is. Just See, Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it, <laughs> I'm a talker. Will eat its fruit. The, and the, the original text there means you will overeat that fruit. You will be stuffed by it. So guess what? I want the word coming out of my mouth. I want God's promise. And you know, really honestly, it's all I have. You might look at you might look at the market like. Do you understand the church market right now? Every bit of news, even from, I think, well-meaning Christian-type people, leaders, are saying, man, people aren't going to church anymore. Well, mm, I'm not receiving that. So you know what I do? God, I thank you that your house may be full. So you'll say, well, but what are, how do you... What are your objectives as a leader here? I got two objectives, and they're real simple. Number one, to fill the room. Number two, to get them to come back. Because let me tell you something. If you're in this room, if you're in Skytook, we can help you. We really can. And you might say, well, but man, you know, I'm, I, I kind of want to shop around. You, listen, the kingdom isn't about shoppers. The kingdom is about buyers. You got to buy in. See, that's the idea of the kingdom. See, what God wants to do is God wants to take you through every season of life. Because let me tell you, every single one of them, how am I going to get through this season? How am I going to get through this baby? The baby doesn't sleep when I want to sleep. This baby is clean. This baby is fed. This baby is nourished. This baby. Why is this baby crying? Because babies cry. But guess what? You get through that. And then they become toddlers. And they're so cute. But let me just tell you something. I'm 65. They can run faster than me now. I don't let them know that. 
Man, and then, guess what? They become teenagers. I read, a, I read a book years ago, and I think, or Sandy read it to me, about parenting, that when you raise a teenager, just get through it. Another guy said, it's as close to hell on earth as there is when your kids are in junior high. How many junior high kids do you have in here? But, but let me tell you the other thing about it. That's when they're going to pick the real path that they're going to take. You know, their personalities are set as toddlers. But, but, then, but then their path becomes shaped when they enter adolescence. Well, guess what? We got to... Sandy and I were a steering committee with our kids. Here's the direction we're going. Oh, oh, your buddies get to make that decision? You don't. You ready? Sit there like you're ready. At least show them. You don't have to say it. You guys are. Are you ready? Grace and peace be multiplied in your life, in your home, in your health, in your finances, in your children, in your future. Grace and peace be multiplied in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information about the ministries of Gut Church, visit our website at gutchurch.com.